welcome to Buy Positive. These are your hosts, Mari and MD. And today we will be talking about a topic that is close to most of our hearts, I think. A topic a lot of people are passionate about and a topic that a lot of politicians make a lot of PR on. So-called same-sex marriage, marriage, um, equality. marriage equality. Same-sex marriage is, I think, a little bit of an antiquated term. Yeah, because we're talking about them gender yeah. marriage, so marriage equality. So basically, marriage that is not straight. Yeah, I mean, I like marriage equality also because for bi people, that means that... They can equally marry yeah, any and, gender? Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Gives you a chance to get married with your partner independently of that gender. Marriage equality, a contentious topic in a lot of countries. Mm-hmm. Definitely a contentious topic in the U.S. right now because uh, the current administration would do anything in their power to not give queer people equal rights. Um, and remove the, those if possible. What is the history beca- behind marriage equality and what is the psychological consequence of having or not having marriage equality? This is kind of what we wanted to talk about today. Marriage equality has a long history. No, I would say same-sex marriage has a long history. Marriage equality is a more developed concept. Because when we're talking about same-sex yeah. marriage, we're talking about way back when in the Roman days. Also, it's, it would be a tangent, but to understand what marriage is. Mm. Because in a lot of society, and actually in Western world, marriage was also a way to ensure the paternity of the, the kids mm. would be traceable. Mm. So it was just a, a tool to stabilize society. It has nothing to do with love was about not actually procreation but making things stable have the idea that the parents the, the father he's the husband and so you have family units it's yeah. a way of organizing society but also yeah there's the idea that marriage is for love and then that this when you live in a society when you're when the idea is that you're going to find a partner uh, and get married and have a family when you are a sexual minority and you can't do that it's another stressor. So it, in this sense that, yeah, we're going to talk about marriage. But marriage is a itself complicated concept because it's not necessarily like about love. It can be just about rights. Yeah, and in a lot of, I, I feel like in a lot of countries right now it is, and it's also a matter of so-called moral values. And the, I think there's two, these two things. Mm. It's moral values, civilization of society, whatever you want to call it. On the other hand, there's the legal uh, part of it. Like in some mm. country, women still need to be married to have the rights to do stuff. Yeah. Uh, and there, I mean, even in France, for a very long time, women were considered legal minors until they were married. So the legal part, and now, and nowadays, it's about at least in in where we live, it's about also organizing inheritance, mm. making sure that. If you have kids with the the other person, they will be their parents as well. Like it's the same type of rights. It's mm-hmm. about adoption. Therefore, it's about medical help to procreate when when it's not biologically possible. And it's about also just ensuring that your spouse is going to get your money if you die. I think at least in most Western countries, which is the sandwich where where we're coming yeah. from, there's two kind of aspects to marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the religious marriage, and then there's the the secular or civilian marriage, both of which have certain, they have different priorities, I suppose. Mm-hmm. You know, so when we're talking about civilian marriage, it's what you said, it's the inheritance, it's the kind of stabilization of society, it's creating a family unit, versus um, religious marriage, which is in theory supposed to be a union between people mm-hmm. in the eyes of 
God, but in practice, it turns out to also be a way to organize society, oh, yeah. but under a more religious rule of, mm-hmm. of, of religious law, I suppose. That's why right now it's so difficult to establish marriage equality in countries that are inherently religious, because yeah. those two concepts get confused all the time, you know? Take the U.S., for example. There is a misconception that the United States is a Christian nation, which it's not. It's not supposed to be. It's complicated. It's not entirely secular. It's a deist society. It's a deist society. Okay, I can, I can agree with that. However, most people who are in power in the U.S., which are straight white men, yeah. or Christians, they have a tendency to say that they're, it's a Christian nation. Yeah. You know, that's you could you could argue that the US has space for Abrahamic religions more than any others, mm. but also at the same time, you look at the backlash against Jewish people and against Muslims in the US and you can clearly see what kind of power is established and that's Christians. Mm. Yeah. And it's it's a very conservative society in mm. reality. Yeah. At least the the one that's established by the rule of law by conservatives by the Republicans who are unfortunately still in power. Yeah, we're not Americans. We're not supposed to have not supposed to have an opinion, except oh, I got opinions. No, except it does. It does. It it does influence the rest of the world. Yeah, it does. You know when you when you talk about countries like where I'm from, Ukraine always looked up to the U.S. as a beacon of democracy and as something to aspire to, and so when you see that democracy crash around their ears, of course it's going to influence the rest of the world. But anyway, I digress. The foreign politics do influence directly everyone else. There are many opinions on what marriage is. You know, some people, it's, you know, marriage is between a man and a woman. Ancient history, obviously there's not that many actual written historical references because it's ancient history. Apparently there was a reference to um, same-sex marriage by Egyptians and Canaanites in the Talmud. When you quote Leviticus that, you know, man is not allowed to lie with man and blah, blah, blah. That is actually because Hebrews were warned not to follow the acts of the land of Egypt and the acts of the land of Canaan. So... They basically prohibited same-sex marriage because Egyptians and Canaanites would allow a man to marry a man and a woman to marry a woman, which is a very interesting way of looking at it. It's a backlash against an oppressing society, which is understandable. And then speaking of oppressing societies, we move on to the Roman days. That's when stuff gets messier even more. There is a historical record of emperors uh, marrying free men or marrying slaves and calling them their husbands the notorious emperor nero he apparently married two no three men on separate occasions not maybe not the best example not the best example but it's important to know that you know it was a practice but it was a practice that was awarded as a privilege to the emperors who were basically gods and they could do whatever the hell they wanted yeah so it was I'm not going to say, you know, they weren't in love with their slaves or the people that they married, but it was clearly an abuse of power in a way. I mean, in Nero's case, probably. Um, like the one who set fire to Rome? Yep, that's him. Yeah. Yeah, not exactly a beacon of mental stability. There was also a child emperor, which again, uh, Ella Gabalus, I can't pronounce that name. He referred to his chariot driver, who was also a slave, as his husband. And then he married an athlete. In a public ceremony and apparently the romans celebrated in the streets that was the thing that happened and then skip over to 342 a.d christian emperors constantius ii and constance they issued a law in the theodosian code that prohibited same-sex marriage in rome and ordered the execution 
for those who had married this way. It's also important to remember that in ancient Rome, even though, you know, they call it same-sex marriage, it wasn't actually considered equal to a marriage between a man and a woman because marriage between a man and a woman implied that there would be procreation, that a woman would be a mother, you know, matrimony mother. Yeah. Um, so it was not equal to it, but it was still recognized until the Christian emperors showed up and they were like, no. And then basically there was a huge blank in the middle of history. So basically from Roman times until very recent history. At least in Western world. At least in the Western world. Because, you know, we had the Dark Ages, we had the renaissance we had full of uh, gay public figures but they yeah but i i think they were like more focused on trying to make society a better place and not getting killed than getting married i think that was the priority at the time yeah (laughs) um so and then of course we had the victorian uh days and fast forward to the 1970s this is when the first kind of grassroots movements for marriage equality started and the first country to recognize same-sex unions not marriages registered partnerships was denmark in 1989 which was super progressive for the time Mm -hmm. and registered partnerships they gave you almost the same rights as a as a marriage um except for children yeah adopting or obtaining joint custody of children which was a big issue for a lot of people for obvious reasons and then in 2001 the netherlands hi hello became the first country to establish same-sex marriage by law and i remember reading that about that in the newspaper back home it seemed like something so wild <laughs> and then after that you have this wave of mostly european countries mm-hmm. um establishing marriage equality starting with belgium spain canada south africa norway sweden portugal iceland the list goes on and there are also some countries where parts of the country recognize um Mm -hmm. marriage equality and others don't like in mexico for example and in the united kingdom where same-sex marriage has been established in england wales and scotland but not in northern ireland because catholic and recently there was a huge thing in Taiwan and there was mm-hmm. a referendum. Yeah, but the But it wasn't it wasn't an actual referendum, it was just people trying to make a point. <laughs> because only only I think five percent of the population participated, so it's not like Okay. Yeah. Um but that referendum actually said, you know, we don't want marriage equality in Taiwan and then later it was revealed that the people that voted weren't actually mm-hmm. reflective of the population in, at large. Like just interesting because in the case of France, because in nineteen ninety nine, like like Denmark the, there was this first later in Denmark, like in nineteen where the, the the civil union in France, which was also you could actually have this kind of union even if you're not in a couple, like in a romantic relationship with a person, you could have that type of union like partnership with your brother or sister because it was just a legal thing. I think maybe it's because of that that also it takes took so long. I don't know to have actual mm. marriage equality. It was happened in two thousand and thirteen. Uh, was voted in two thousand and thirteen, and it didn't go without like giant protests from mostly Catholics. I mean, I would say that there is a certain argument to be made against uh, registered partnerships mm. because there is this tendency of a country being like, okay, we're gonna throw them a bone. Here, you can now be civil partners, mm. and then it takes decades mm. for the, that same country to establish marriage equality because mm. it's like what else do you want and also there's the whole issue of children yeah and which is which is the generally like the the main argument mm. when if you don't want to go to religious thing mm. it's children and and their uh psychological well-being and but i mean we can do another episode on that yeah there is no there's no proof of any kind of children being 
raised by same gender parents, there's no proof of them having any mental health disorder more than any other children. Oh, wasn't there a study a couple of years ago that actually it so, showed that it was absolutely the same? Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, and there's I think there's even this one study where they found that the children that they had studied that were raised by couples of women because they were just like this, there was before marriage equality so I think it was just uh, couples of uh, women who had uh, raised children together that they were actually doing better than their uh, counterpart from heterosexual passing at least uh, parents but yeah well nothing to be smug about or anything you know you could you could argue that those um, those kinds of studies are skewed you know they only take place with educated middle class white people so maybe that's also part of it because I think for two men that are married and Mm -hmm. who want to raise a child there's obviously more income statistically speaking and for two women that are married there is less, I think, gender pressure in general, as in like conformity to gender norms. Yeah. So you could you could argue that those are the factors that yeah. kind of contribute to better child well being. But anyway, what yeah. about the parents? What about the the people that are actually in the marriage? Yeah, and just yeah for the for the for the kids, it's also having like two parents who are equally involved. Yeah, a wild concept. Yeah. What does marriage equality do to our brains? Well, there are like a few a uh, few studies on the on the topic, and it's uh, it's pretty interesting to quote a couple. There's that there's one that was done in California. It's uh, two thousand and twelve, I think. Yeah, they compared the psychological distress of uh, queer people versus uh, cis straight people in in a, those who were in a in a marriage and those who weren't married versus not in a legally recognized relationship. Mm-hmm. The study showed that uh, married heterosexual uh, had lowest uh, psychological distress and uh, lesbian gained bisexual person who are not in legalized relationship had the highest psychological distress, mm. So which was expected. So you're straight and married, you're doing well. Mm. You're queer and, and married, not in a legally recognized relationship, and you're doing the worst of the sample. Makes sense. That makes sense. They also showed that the person that the the queer people married or in registered domestic partnerships or legally legally recognized relationship, there was no significant difference with uh, straight people. Okay. So there's this really this idea that being married or having like being in a re- legally recognized relationship, is a protective factor. Like the main results uh, is that queer people in legally recognized relationship or less distressed than queer people not in a legally recognized uh, relationship. Well, you could you could argue, you know, if you apply your mm-hmm. favorite mm-hmm. Um, minority stress model to that. Yeah. Marriage equality serves a double purpose. It serves to consolidate your minority identity, which mm-hmm. is good for your mental health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it offers social support because yeah. you feel like you have something to fall back on in society, literally in society. Yeah, and also you have a partner and being in a in a committed healthy relationship is a protective factor mm, yeah whether it's monogamous or not mm. the idea is to have people at least one person you can rely on and you feel love it's 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 a very good for your mental health in general and when... it's also a matter of like practical and emotional recognition i remember there was a very good episode for once there was a very good episode of um Curse folk yeah. where um the lesbian couple their mm-hmm. kid got sick yeah and the partner who wasn't the biological mother of the child, she couldn't get into the hospital yeah. um, because she was considered no one, yeah. um, legally speaking. And the show really portrayed the distress that she was experiencing and her partner was experiencing 
very very well they didn't really show the kid because uh, mm-hmm. the kid was supposed to be behind the scenes and sick it is accurate that you know there's all these things that you need to think about um when it comes to to marriage equality that without that you can't be legally recognized as a partner so mm-hmm. you can't inherit things you can't take care of a child together you can't up to having a joint bank account in some countries it's just really really um restrictive yeah. and really distressing just because of practicalities. Yeah, and it, it does create that minority stress, mm-hmm. this environment, the unfavorable environments. Mm-hmm. There's this other study from 2015 uh, with data that are a little bit older that was gathered all around the US and they wanted to see, to assess the health, not just mental health, but health in general of queer people all around the US depending if their state had protective, protective uh, laws and, and, and including marriage equality. And so the findings were very clear is that same-sex and gender couples living in states with legally sanctioned marriage reported higher level of self-assessed health, whether or not they were actually married. Health or mental health? Health in general, okay. including mental health. That's interesting. Is that, yeah, when you have the possibility of being married or being recognized, it really, it really helps you. Yeah. Compared to to not having that. So it means that in those states, there were less stressors in general mm. because there were generally states with also protective laws. Uh, so it's easier somehow. That I mean, statistically speaking, the states and the countries that have marriage equality would also be the more liberal, the more mm. democratic, the more protective of its citizens yeah just just this thing that you know that you can't get fired for being gay mm. or bi or and queer in general uh he's huge and it's not the case in the u.s mm. i mean some states you're protected but not everywhere yeah it's something that i know something like me would take for granted to be honest mm. because france is not perfect but you have anti-discrimination law so of mm. course people would just ignore them mm. but there's a way to fight back it exists yeah. From from where I'm sitting, complete opposite. Uh, in Ukraine, same-sex marriage is not recognized, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it ever will be. There is this fear of um, same-sex marriage upsetting mm-hmm. the way of life. And so when um, anti-discrimination laws, just basic anti-discrimination laws, were being passed in the Ukrainian parliament, there were politicians who were standing in the parliament talking about how passing anti-discrimination laws would force people into gay marriage, which is wild, but there are some political institutions, political parties that feed off of that fear. Yeah. That everyone's going to be forced into gay marriage. Mm-hmm. Just like, if you don't like gay marriage, don't get gay married. Done. It's, yeah. it's, it's a real thing, and I think also there is still a battle for recognition even when you are married the easiest example again i'm still going to the u.s because it's like an easier example of you get married in one state where there's more protective laws and you go to like alabama (laughs) and suddenly you have to defend the right the fact that you're married yeah even though legally you still are yeah it's um yeah i mean it's it's the same like within the eu Mm. i mean within the eu most country now uh, recognize same gender marriage but you can still, I mean, not all of them, like that Poland. Mm. So you can be legally married in your country. You can, and then you move to another EU country or you have a partner who can be from a country where then your marriage will not be recognized. Mm. So it's, it's a weird situation as well. Yeah. And, and just this, this thing that, just to quote another study, like it's more, more recent from 2018, like from this year. As you said, like 
the this idea of unequal relationship recognition uh-huh. is now considered as uh, a minority stressor. Which is, like, yeah, it's understandable. A, it's a novel, couple novel, uh-huh. a minority stressor, but it's considered as one, as much as discrimination or, you know, expectation of rejection, concealment, all of that are considered like minority stressors. I mean, this one is one too. Unequal recognition of one's relationship does mean concealment does mean being unrecognized, does mean all of those things. So it's completely natural that that would be a factor. Yeah. And so in the last study, the more recent and post-legalization of marriage equality in the U.S., which is like a Supreme Court decision, so it's it's more fragile Mm. because of their system than in countries where, you know, it's like a Roman law Mm. type of, written law type of country. Yeah. Where you once the 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 law has passed, you can't do much against it. Mm. It's not overturning a decision. Mm. The result was like simply that being in a legal marriage was associated with lower perceived and equal recognition and better mental health. What was not the case for people in a registered domestic partnership, civil union. Yeah. The idea is that globally speaking, no matter what the the uh, type of mental health issues they tested, inequality recognition was always associated with worse mental health, independent of the legal relationship status of their relationship status. Um, so it's very uh, yeah, it's very interesting to see how it's not just a matter of organizing society here. Uh-huh. It's not just a matter of giving rights to people, like from just a legal perspective. It's not even just a matter of ensuring that your kids will have a well-established affiliation. It's also about mental health. We would also love to hear perspectives from people in, in other countries, especially countries in, in Africa and Asian countries that we haven't really talked about. So we would love to hear perspectives from non-Western countries and how society currently perceives the possibility of exploring uh, marriage equality. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to get an insider's view, so please drop us a line if you are from one of those countries and would like to share your perspective. Otherwise, we will talk to you next week. Bye! Bye.